podcast, we talk to thought leaders about feminine and masculine energy and how it shows up in our business, our parenting, and especially our relationships. We'll dig deep on any and all topics under the sun. Grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Hey, everybody. It's the She's the Owner podcast. I'm your host, Kara McCarran, and this is episode 103. So welcome. Um, I wanted to, you know, I've, I've sort of have a couple of things that I was looking to chat about. And I think what I'm going to choose to talk about is something called the work. So if you are new to um, this podcast or you're new to personal development, the work is something by a woman named Byron Katie. And I mean, in one sentence, this woman changed my life and the life of my whole family. So Ken discovered a book, and that's Ken's thing. It's really interesting. He's the one who always kind of like finds the stuff and brings it into the family. And then I will take it and run with it like a crazy person. And that was, this was no different. So he brought the, I think it was um, Loving What Is was the first book and he started to read it and I was curious about it. And then I started to learn about the work. And the work is basically a series of questions that you ask yourself about a thought that's causing you stress or suffering. So like when I came to it, I think probably the work was one of the most instrumental pieces of the journey for me because I really started to discover that I actually had full control over how I thought about it. And and um, Tony Robbins actually uses this. He He's good friends with Byron, but he uses her methodology um, in his work as well because it's like it just makes perfect sense. So what is it? What does it look like? So when you're doing the work, you're inquiring about the thought that's causing you unhappiness. So my running story, and really she refers to it as your story, which you, if you know Tony's stuff, that's what he does too, calls it the story. So my running story was my mother doesn't love me, right? So I went around for the good part, the better part of my life with the story, my mother doesn't love me. That's a pretty profound thing to think. So the questions, number one question is, who are you? Or, or, you know, like you, you identify what your story is and then you ask yourself, is it true your mother didn't love you? Yeah, it's true. My mother didn't love me. Okay. Can you absolutely know for sure that your mother didn't love you? Can you absolutely, absolutely know that it's true that she didn't love you? Well, no, because I'm not her, right? Like, how can I know that? How can I know she didn't love me? I can speculate and have all these suppositions, but can I know that my mother didn't love me? Mm -mm. Who am I with the thought, your mother doesn't love me? Or my mother doesn't love me. Who am I with that thought? Who, Who am I walking around the earth thinking all the time the thought? And I mean, obviously I'm not sitting there thinking it constantly, right? But like, who am I when I'm thinking the thought, my mother doesn't love me? I'm... Like so many things happen at that level. So let's just pretend she was still alive. What did I act like around her? I was closed off from her. I got pissed off at her a lot. I wasn't kind to her. I kept my distance from her. When I would talk to her, it was always really like short conversations. I would. I was fearful to get close to her because I had this running thought, my mother doesn't love me. So question number four is, who are you? Would, who would you be without that thought? 
And so you, you start to, so her, her way of doing it is to close your eyes, return to the situation and take a moment to reflect, observe and experience that situation again without that thought. Right. So like every situation that I could think of when I did the work on this, I was like, if I was in my mom's house sitting there or, and, and actually one just came up, another thought came up that I want to talk about, but I would think differently. I would be more comfortable. I would want to talk to her. I would want to be close to her. I would want to do all the things. If I didn't believe the thought or have the story that my mother doesn't love me, I'd feel loved. And then finally you do a turnaround. Well, okay. So tell me why that story is basically bullshit that my mother didn't love me. Okay. Easy. She gave birth to me. She fed me. She clothed me. She gave me a roof over my head. She obviously told me she loved me. So you start to clean up the thought until you've cleaned it up to the place where it's no longer causing suffering. Here's another one. My mom shouldn't. And, and this is this is a big one. The word should not or should. Those words are kryptonite for anybody. My mother shouldn't have been an alcoholic. Right? Is that true? Yeah. She shouldn't have been an alcoholic. Can I absolutely know for sure that she shouldn't have been an alcoholic? No, I can't know that because she she was. Who was who am I believe who am I when I'm walking around with the story that she shouldn't be an alcoholic and she totally is an alcoholic? Like what happens to me? I'm mean to her, I'm mean to myself, I blame myself for her drinking. So all these things come up. Well, who would I be without the thought my mother shouldn't be an alcoholic and she is? That's a big one. And I'm doing this live right now, the work on this thing. I haven't done the work on that one question. Who would I be? Who would I, what kind of daughter would I have been without the thought that she shouldn't have been an alcoholic? I would have been way more patient. I would have been way more empathetic. I'd be more loving. I'd be more patient. I'd be way more in my feminine if I ditched the thought, the story that she shouldn't have been an alcoholic. And that's the thing is she was. So I can sit here and argue with it. And I did. I did for my entire life with my mother. I argued with the reality that she was an alcoholic and it caused me suffering. It didn't cause her suffering in the same way that it caused me suffering. She was busy suffering on her own and I was busy suffering on my own. So whose business am I in when I'm am I in when I'm wishing my mom was an al- wasn't an alcoholic? You know, Byron says Byron Katie says there's three types of business. There's your business, there's my business and there's God's business or universe's business. Whose business am I in when I'm focused on the thought she shouldn't be an alcoholic? I'm in hers. I'm not in mine and I'm for sure not in God's or the universes. I'm in her business. So the work is like one of the most powerful tools in my tool belt, for sure, with myself, with my family and my kids, um, and with my clients now. I teach that to my clients. I, I have them do the Judge Your Neighbor worksheet, all of it, because the only time you're in suffering is when you're arguing with reality. Like it literally is that black and white. You know, my marriage should look like this, Okay, but it doesn't. So I'm suffering thinking my marriage should have been like this, but it wasn't. It should have been how it is and how it was. Well, I I should be able to stay in this marriage because I really love Ken. Okay, but you can't. So I'm busy walking around thinking I should 
and I can't. So then what happens? I feel guilty. I feel bad. I feel sad. I feel angry rather than just accepting what is. And what is, is that we will have an incredible, beautiful friendship for the rest of our lives, but we're not, we're not married. We're not going to stay married. My business should be doing more revenue. Is that true? Can you absolutely know for sure that your business should be doing more revenue? No. Who are you believing the thought that my business should do more revenue, but it's not? You're pissy. You're not doing activities that you know will move the needle. All the things. So who would you be without the thought, my business should be doing more revenue? And and it, like reality is, it's it's not. Okay, well, if I just accepted that, and I didn't have the thought that my revenue should be at this level, how would I feel? I'd feel really proud of my business. I'd feel really excited to grow it. I wouldn't be worrying. I wouldn't be stressed. I would be happy. I'd be more carefree. All these beautiful emotions start to come up as soon as you start to question your story. And you're literally the only one who can question it. There is nobody else on planet Earth who can question your stories for you. You have to do the work. Okay? So, you know, you give examples of why should your revenue not be like, why should your revenue not be bigger? Well, because maybe if I, my revenue was too high, I wouldn't know how to handle it. Or maybe if my revenue was what I want it to be, I wouldn't know the steps to take it to get there. And I might screw it up if I don't do it the slow way. Or I'm meant to be exactly where I'm at right now. I'm not going to stress about it. And I will just do the activities to get me to that next level. If I'm sitting here busy wishing, then it takes me out of the work and it takes me out of responsibility. Like you become paralyzed when you're focused on the story about this. And then you miss all the cool shit, right? You miss the growth of your business. You miss all the cool parts. If you're busy in the story, it should be like this, but it's not. So I'm going to leave um, a link to Byron Katie's website. There's a movie called The Turnaround that she does that really, it's such a beautiful film. It's basically um, like four or five, maybe six interventions on people who have come to her seminars and they go on the stage with her and she does the, the work with them. It's beautiful. Um, it's a tearjerker. I haven't watched it in, in a while and I just finished it about 20 minutes ago. And the thing that's so neat about personal development is that even though, or even when we think we are well-educated in a certain particular area, like I hear all the time, um, why do you go to so many Tony events? Why do you do so many events? Why do you, why do you, why do you? And I'm like, because I haven't watched the turnaround movie probably in four years and it landed totally differently on me tonight because I'm in a very different place than I was four years ago. So I'm hearing it in a different way. And that's why you keep doing the things, right? It's not because I didn't get it the first time. It's not because I'm in a cult. It's not because I'm, you know, I'm blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, obsessed with going to Tony Robbins events. I, I go to those events to serve more than I go to attend anymore. But I can tell you, I something lands on me differently every single time. That's why you keep this stuff up. But it's this movie landed on me differently today. And it was amazing. And I'm so, so glad that I watched it. It's not even an hour long. So you can watch this anytime, um, anytime, especially if you're an entrepreneur. And right now, everybody's, most people are still at home. So I encourage you to watch it. Um, and that's it for episode 103, The Work. It's a beautiful, beautiful um, exercise and a beautiful way of thinking. And it really relieves a lot of stress. 
you know, um, but I encourage you to do it. So until next time, I, uh, I love you guys and I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. Bye.